We're back in the book of Psalms, chapter number two. The Bible says, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. I said earlier that this is a messianic psalm, meaning that it speaks about Jesus the Messiah. And Psalm chapter 2 is quoted in the New Testament more than any other psalm. I stopped at verse 7. It's got 12 verses. We'll look at the rest tomorrow, and we'll see again how this is a prophecy of both Christ's first coming and also his second coming. It's important to remember that when you go through the Bible, that oftentimes in the same chapter and sometimes even in the same verse, you'll have a prophecy of Christ's first and second coming both right there. And let me say real quick that Jesus is the Son of God. Verse number seven there says, I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. I'm talking about the Lord's anointed, talking about Jesus Christ. John 17, 24 says, Father, Jesus is praying to his father, God, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Jesus did not begin to exist there in the manger in Bethlehem. He existed before the foundation of the world. He's one with the Father. He is eternal. He is God in the flesh. First Peter 1 verses 18, 19, and 20 say, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. And when you study the Bible, if you really want to understand a verse or a chapter or a book, anything, you need to use the whole Bible to help you interpret and understand the Bible. It's a principle called comparing Scripture with Scripture. We've said that the greatest commentary on the Bible is the Bible. The second greatest commentary on the Bible is obedience. But speaking of that first one, if you really want to understand the Bible, you've got to look at where else that statement is used in the Bible or that word or that principle. And it's amazing. The second chapter of Psalm is the most quoted and most re referenced uh, Psalm in the New Testament. It's, it's at least 18 times. I'll give you a couple. Um, chapter two, verse seven of Psalms says again, I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, thou art my son. And that's a capital S there. This day have I begotten thee. Well, at the baptism of Jesus, God spoke from heaven. He said it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, but Matthew 3, 17, it says, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You know, we take it for granted that Jesus is the son of God. That's, that's well understood and, and widely proclaimed. But back here, that's quite a thing to say that, that God has a son. Now we know 
that the Son is the Word of God, the express image of God. Uh, it's it's not as if he began to exist at any time, but he is he is the expression, the medium between God and man. He's the one way to God through his son, the expression of himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. At the Mount of Transfiguration, we read Matthew seventeen five. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, "This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him." Again, we go back to chapter 2, verse 7 of Psalm. I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Nathaniel, when Jesus said before uh, I, before you were, you were talking, I saw you under the fig tree, uh, Nathaniel was freaking out. He said, oh boy, this is the one. This is the one that they talked about that we've looked for forever. John 1, 49, Nathaniel answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, Thou art the son of God. Thou art the king of Israel. You are the Messiah. You're the one we've been looking for. That's what he said. I think about Paul when he was preaching about Jesus in the book of Acts. He was preaching over at Antioch. And I got to read to you a few verses. It's hard for me once I get going reading to stop, especially when it's a sermon that Paul preached. So let me read to you. Settle in. Acts 13, verse 13, beginning and continuing. It says, Now when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if ye have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Now, if you're in church, sometimes that is a risky uh, thing to invite, does anybody have anything to say, say on, and, and uh, he's got to watch it there, uh, but that's what, that's what they did here, and Paul, uh, I can just imagine him rubbing his hands together in the synagogue there, and his mouth probably started watering a little bit, just like a man after he's been at work all day, and he's about to sit down to a nice steaming hot meal of fried chicken and mashed potatoes and, and cornbread and, and uh, corn on the cob and butter and sweet tea. His mouth started watering, and somebody said, does anybody have anything to say after we finished reading the law and the prophets back there? Maybe we read in Isaiah where it spoke about Jesus being the lamb slain. Maybe we read in Psalms there. Maybe we read about uh, him in Genesis where the seed of the woman would bruise the serpent's head. And Paul said, boy, do I ever have something to say? Verse 16 of Acts 13. Then Paul stood up and beckoning with his hand said, let me flip the page here. Men of Israel and ye that fear God, give audience. Well, I said, well, I fear God. I'll give you audience. The God of this people of Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt and with an high arm brought he them out of it. And about the time of 40 years suffered he their manners in the wilderness and, and we're talking to man, if you want to know about that, just read the book of Numbers and all that. God really did suffer them. It was about in year 39 of the 40 years wandering that they were still saying, what to God, we were still in Egypt. Did you bring us out here to die after they'd received water from, okay, a rock, excuse me, every day and manna from heaven? Okay. And so God suffered them though, 40 years, verse 19. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he divided their land to them by lot. And after that, he gave unto them judges about the space of 450 years, read the book of Judges, until Samuel, the prophet, read first Samuel. And afterward, they desired a king. 
And God gave unto them Saul, the son of Sis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the space of forty years. When he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, who shall fulfill all my will. David's the man that God used to write Psalm chapter 2 and many other Psalms. Of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. When John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John fulfilled his course, he said, Whom think ye that I am? I am not he. But behold, there cometh one after me, whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to loose. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. I like that, don't you? It wasn't just the Jew here. He's talking to anybody that fears God. To you is the word. The word Jesus is often referred to as the word. That is the expression, the communication between God and man of this salvation sent. What's that salvation from? Well, here it's talking about salvation from sins. It's talking about you have no way to be saved except through Jesus. I'll keep reading. Verse 27, for they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause of death in him, he's about to tell the gospel right here. By the way, if you want to understand how to be saved, well, you can be. Everybody that's listening to me right now can be saved. And here's what you've got to know. You're a sinner in deserve, deserving, uh, plain deserving of punishment for your sins, eternal separation of God in a literal place of fire God calls hell, but Jesus paid for your sins. He shed his precious blood, and Paul's about to give that. First, he tells him about the death, verse 28, and though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain. Christ died for sinners. Verse 29, and when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. He was buried. Verse 30, but God raised him from the dead. Oh boy, he was resurrected. God raised him from the dead. And he was seen many days of them, which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you glad tidings. It's good news, my brothers and sisters. It's good news how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, and that he hath raised up Jesus again. And here we go. Here's where we're getting to Psalm chapter two. And he quotes it as he says, this is a quote here from Acts 13, 33, as it is also written in the second Psalm, quote, thou art my son this day have I begotten thee. That's talking about Jesus. I got to keep reading. I know I'm over the 10 minute goal, but I'll keep reading. You got time? Okay. Verse 34. And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption. He's not, he's not going back in that grave. Come on. He said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Wherefore he saith also in another Psalm, that would be Psalm 16, thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Jesus' body never died, never, never corrupted that is. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep, he died, and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption, his body corrupted. But he whom God raised again saw no corruption. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses, 
Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, ye despisers, and wonder and perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. Now, we're out of time. I'm going to let you go. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. But I just want to tell you that Jesus is the Son of God, and Jesus came to save sinners. And if you are a sinner, and you are, and you understand that, and you've never been saved in that you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ, I'll tell you this, it's a gift. It's a gift. Jesus, in, in Romans 6, we read that, that it is a gift of God. The wages of sin is death, that death in hell, that eternal separation from God, that second death that Revelation 20, verses 14 and 50 speak of, 15 speak of. But through the Lord Jesus Christ, you can have eternal life. Through his death, burial, and resurrection, you can receive forgiveness of sins. Put your faith in him today. Ask him to save you, and he will. Lord, I thank you for the blood. I thank you that you sent your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, on earth to die for sinners. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.